Welcome to Rule the Galaxy After Dark. No. <laughs> Welcome to Rule the Galaxy Podcast. This is D-Doc here, and this is a different episode that we're recording here because we are going to be talking about Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon. So you might have heard the theme playing there. Uh, we're excited to we're excited to talk about this show. Me, Brett, and Alfie, Brent and Alfie have uh, been watching this, and we're all very intrigued by the show. And we figured, why not do an episode about it? I'm sure some of you guys are listening to it as well. So uh, I'm going to just go around the room and hear the uh, opening thoughts on where we're at in the first half of House of the Dragon so far. I'll start with Brent. Brent, what do you think of our first half of House of the Dragon so far? So I'm going to go a little bit, give some background of where I'm at and who I am as a fan of uh, the whole Game of Thrones stuff. Um, I found out about Game of Thrones, uh, I think, going into season four of the actual Game of Thrones. So I had already been out for four years or so, so, and I didn't know any of the background, had no idea about the books. I will be honest with you, I had to watch the first season I would start it late at night and I would fall asleep and I would have to watch one episode over the course of like three to four days up until the red wedding. And I think like, uh, I think that's what gets everybody. Um, just last year when they were coming through the eighth or two years ago, when they were going through season eight, whenever that was, my wife started the first season when the season start, when season eight started, my wife started watching game of Thrones and by the time they got to the end of season eight, she had finished and caught up to where they were at. But watching her watch the Red Wedding was amazing because I knew what was going to happen. And I just her faces that she made. And like, that's what drew me in was the Red Wedding. So yep. from that point forward, it was easier for me to follow. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm not a big historian. I'm not a, I'm not a big George R. R. Martin. I haven't read the books. I am strictly just like I am with like the star Wars world. I'm very much a visual person. So I am all the way through, I think there's five episodes out or was there another, was there six this more, uh, this week? There's only nope, been five. I've, so yeah. I've watched all five of the current episodes. So I'm sitting right there, but at this point, I'm going to call myself the everyman and I'm going to pepper these two guys with a bunch of questions because I have a lot of questions that came that are running through my head right now. And I need some people that, that know the books and the lore a lot better than me. All right. Alfie, how are you enjoying the show so far? Well, you know, I'm not really, you know, too versed in everything. Uh, I'm a casual fan. I've kind of watched the show. I, I really didn't even know there were books and anything like that. So I, I'm planning on reading them at some point in time. Uh, Are you full of crap right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm totally full of okay. crap. Okay. <laughs> I, I was like, wait a second, what? I was like, wait a second. I was thrown off by that. All right, that was good. Okay, no, yeah. I've I read all the books. Uh, I've watched the show. uh I'm the opposite of Brent. Um, the Red <laughs> Wedding, you know, even live action still irked me because, you know, could you imagine reading 5,000 freaking pages building up to a battle between Rob Stark and uh, Tywin Lannister and everyone dies, but no one dies in a battle. You know, <laughs> I, I, 
you know, I stopped reading the book after that point for the longest time because I was so frustrated, you know, page after page after page of descriptions of people's clothing and their meals and constantly skipping over all the action. But, you know, there's still that hope that, you know, one day we're going to see this and then you get to the red wedding. And it's like, oh, no, everybody's just dead. And, and as the Everybody. Red Wedding's on the topic, could there have been a better casting for Walter Frey, by the way? <laughs> That's him, pretty perfect. Him, yeah, him in the books is him in the show. Like, the, the way he is described in the books and what Alfie is saying, too, why I think you should read the books, Rob Stark, you are following his journey as a general a bit more in the books. You're more locked into his battles. Like, you know, he's... He's becoming a man in, in the book. You know, the show never showed Rob Stark in a battle, which I wish they would have showed him at least one time in a fight because, you know, everybody said he turned into a wolf on the battlefield, stuff like that. Yeah. So I would have. He, he, he fought in the vanguard. You know, he, was, yeah. he didn't stay in the back with the smart boys, as Robert Baratheon said. No, he, he led from the front. Yep. Uh, the, this show I've really enjoyed. I mean, I, I think the Targaryens are very interesting house they have a lot of history they're weird um, they are weird you know but they have dragons and that's pretty cool uh, i like the whole idea that the only thing that could destroy them is themselves uh, initially you know when they announced this series that this was going to be this was the pilot that you know they finally said hey out of the 19 or whatever ideas we have this is the one we're going to go with you know um it's kind of like star wars you think you know uh, what happens after Return of the Jedi immediately would be a really good story. You know, that's this kind of story we want to see with Luke and Han and Leia, you know, Robert Baratheon's rebellion. If you're going to do a prequel, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, everybody loves Ned Stark. Everybody liked Robert Baratheon. More of that story seems easy. I think this was a real risk to see would the viewers come. And man, this show is really popular. They Even after adding. season eight. They keep adding viewers too yeah like the most the most recent story that i read was each episode is adding like five to ten million more viewers yes. and really it's a pretty you know it was smart to do it into like a small story so that it's not so confusing i agree and and i want to say did one of you guys say on the last podcast that this first five episodes uh, before we get into the show and everything did you guys say that george R. R. martin was adamant that these five episodes no. had to be done with the yes. younger cast. That was, yes. that was the guy that was just a casual fan that said that. Yes, I, I read that and that he was very adamant to give this backstory to the characters. Yep. And I, I was talking to a guy at work today about that, that, you know, now we're going to move on to a whole totally different half of this show. And I was telling him, I was like, one of the guys on my podcast told me that George R. R. Martin wanted this story told for this first half. And he was like, he's like, I'm sure as hell glad that he told him to do that. I'm like, yeah, because he's involved in this one. I mean, I, I don't think George is going anywhere from start to finish on this show. I mean, I've been waiting for his books. So I know everyone else is patiently waiting for the books to finish. Still waiting. What the, yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, the dude words, the dude works on a 1982 word processor. He doesn't even write on a computer. Brent, if you knew the last thing that happened in his books before we've gone into darkness, it will drive you crazy. 
because it's what what he ended it on doesn't happen in the show. It happens more to the storyline of the books, but it will drive you nuts to just think what the hell has happened since because the books are that freaking good. I, I was not a book reader. Uh, those books, uh, I was telling Brent uh, off air. I I listened to them in sequence two times in a row. They're long books, but they're worth it. Okay, There's not much. It, it tell, would be tell similar. our viewers. Tell our viewers how long one of those books is in listening time. Yeah, I want to say the last. I want to say the last one I listened to was forty four hours. Forty four hours of listening time. Yeah. That's like six months of driving to work. They average from they average from thirty five hours to forty four hours, but they're also narrated by Roy Dotrice, who does an excellent job of narrating each character. He's one of my favorite narrators of all time, and shout out to the great narrators we've had on our show too, because those guys are like incredible, mm -hmm. right up there with them. Which R.I.P. Roy Dotrice, he didn't live to see George R. R. Martin finish the books. He is dead now, so R.I.P. to him. He was a great. Uh, British uh, stage actor, if I'm not mistaken. He was a great narrator. But we have House of the Dragon now. We loved Game of Thrones. The ending of Game of Thrones, you know, love it or hate it, most people are probably towards the second thing I said. But we have this new story. We have all these new characters. We're back in the world of Westeros. We're wondering, is this going to look the are they going to change anything from Game of Thrones? Is this just going to feel like the same old show with just different characters? And for me, I'll say right when I saw the throne room and saw the difference in the throne room compared to what it was in the future to what it is now with all the swords on the outside, it looked a bit it looked older. I was just like, all right, let's go. We're back in Thrones. Here we go. I mean, go ahead, Brent. Question number one, watching Game of Thrones, they showed like the Baratheon, the, they showed like the deer, they showed the Lannister lion, they showed all of those things. And then when they were doing the theme song, they would show you the lands that would be present on that episode. The current intro, I, there has to be symbolism there, but I'm lost as to what the symbolism is because right now it looks like it's just King's Landing and there's blood flowing down and the blood flows, it looks like sometimes in trees. So I, like in a tree format. So is that like the bloodline of the Targaryens and that they're going to start mixing or being mixed? But like, I know there has to be symbolism there, but please, can you give me any insight into what that symbolism is? I, I don't know it because my eyes always just focus on the blood. I, I always think to myself, I'm missing these little logos. Do you know anything yeah. about it, Alfie? I have not read anything concrete on what it means. I've read theories that, yes, it goes through the history of the Targaryens and things like that. But even after reading some of the explanations and then rewatching it, I, I still don't see it. I, I'm not really getting a good sense of what it is they're trying to symbolize here. But you know that there's a symbolism, right? Like, are we all in agreement yeah, that there I, has to be some I, sort of symbolism I, I, to it? I think the very first thing that they show is Valyria. And then the dragons coming out and the doom of Valeria. But I don't know. I, I just honestly, I, I haven't been able to decipher what it is exactly. I look at the symbols and I try to figure them out. And yeah, <laughs> right. Like, I, okay. 
I'm sure there's some YouTube out YouTuber out there who has broken down, you know, each episode of the blood flowing, whether it whether it has changed or not. That's one thing I was looking for because the intro for Game of Thrones would change. Yeah. So yeah, I don't it focused know. Focused on the ha- locations of each episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also those guys did some like real stuff with that intro for Game of Thrones. They spent hours and hours building that that wasn't like all cgi and stuff that was like some stop motion stuff that Mm -hmm. they did with that actually so kudos to them on that but all right so we have game of thrones (laughs) and we have a uh we have a king on the iron throne king viserys so this is a different king than we're used to what do you what do you guys think of viserys and what we're what we're gonna do with this too is We'll hit the like. I'm going to talk about some characters here. We're going to talk about things that have happened in the first five episodes. We're not going to go episode by episode, scene by scene. We're going to talk about characters, where we were introduced to them, where they're at now, whatever. So, what what do you guys think of King Viserys so far in the show? I think he's a good king. Like he's actually trying to be a king and trying to rule down the middle. Like right, like he he doesn't come across as like a mad king. Uh, he doesn't come across as like a bloodthirsty king. He comes across as someone who's truly trying to keep the peace and truly listening to uh, listening to the small council, but yet l- taking his own actions based upon it. So that's kind of my read on him. Like I, I, I like him as a king. Um, he's not my favorite I, character, though. Yeah, I like him as a king. He really seems to weigh both sides mm-hmm. of anything that he's advised. And is very cautious in what he does. Uh, I, I would agree with you. I think he's a really good king. Uh, not something that we're used to seeing in Game of Thrones. Right, 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 right. Because I would go, uh, just to get into the discussion, like when it comes to choosing who his successor is, um, if he chooses his brother, I feel like when you hear about the Mad King, his brother would truly be a bloodthirsty Mad King. Like his brother comes across as like, this dude that is just going to wreck shit. Uh, Sorry, this is after dark. I apologize. He just, he comes across as like, he comes across as demented, twisted. And if he were to be the ruler would not rule in an even handed way, he would be, he would be a tyrant. And it doesn't seem like the guy that's in charge right now is a tyrant. Yep. I, I agree. And it's, and also, yes, this is uh, this is Game of Thrones talk, so things might get semi-brutal uh, as we're talking about. It's hard to talk about Game of Thrones without it getting pretty mature. So, you know that that will happen. Uh, and you know that that's the uh, that's the world of Thrones. But I mean, Viserys is played by Patty Considine, which I he I don't know if you guys watched um, Peaky Blinders, but he played a great villain in one of the seasons of that. His role as King Viserys is totally different than what he had played in Peaky Blinders, which I'm like, man, I like this guy as an actor. I want to see more of his stuff. But like you're saying, his his demeanor, he's trying to just do the right thing. And he's getting frustrated. He's he's getting screwed over, basically. Well, in my no one, opinion. Anyone who does the right thing in the Game of Thrones is not going to live long or have power for long. You have to have a little bit of uh, a little bit of caginess and a little bit of political know-how from watching all of the other ones anyone who like ned stark was probably the most middle of the road type cat he gets mm-hmm. his head off like he gets his head off in season one like yep. early like i like man like and yeah. he was probably the most level-headed even keeled 
smartest and tried to play the political game, but because he was who he was and because he wasn't playing the political game hard enough, he gets killed. So anyone in this, in this, in this world that tries to play it straight doesn't seem to live long Mm -hmm. or keep power for long. Yep. I totally agree. I mean, one of, one of my, uh, you know, favorite scenes jumping ahead with Viserys is, you know, he had named Rhaenyra as his heir, you know, and things are going on. He wants her to get married. He wants her to, to continue the bloodline. And, you know, we need to strengthen our family. And uh, one of my favorite scenes with them was about, I think it might've been episode three. He's meeting with her and he's just like, you're my biggest problem right now because I'm trying to, he's like, you can do what you want. You can marry who you want. You know, I, I love my wife, you know, which good Lord episode one, what happened to his wife, there's pure game of Thrones. That was terrible to watch. That was like, <laughs> you know, if you have kids and you've ever had a pregnant wife to see what happened in episode one to Viserys's wife, go ahead. Alfie. <laughs> Just because you brought it up. Episode one. Just a quick question. Are the Maesters out to get rid of the Targaryens? I have Maester Mel Melos written down on my little cardboard here uh, because I don't trust him. Maester Melos is the guy, and again, we're covering all five episodes. Maester Melos is the guy who brought the, uh, you know, the Plan B Game of yeah. Thrones drink to Rhaenyra. And I doubt that he tried to hide it from anyone that he was bringing it to her room because, right. you know, well, no, because they talked about it. Like the, one of the guards was telling the, the queen about it. Right. Yep. And it doesn't seem like he's really trying hard to cure the king. Mm -mm. Um, he was really quick to come up with a, you know, the solution uh, with the queen and the baby which led to both of them dying. Question number two. So you brought up the king and you brought up the, the shit on his back. Sorry, second time. It's okay. Question We're two. allowed to curse on here, actually. <laughs> this is after dark. We're allowed to curse. <laughs> Question number two. You brought it up. So, again, I am of the visual world. The only thing that is instantly when they started peeling things off of his skin, it made me think of grayscale. It made me think of going back into um, what was the, the guy that protected Daenerys who got grayscale. So Jorah. Yeah, Jorah. Jorah. There you go. Like Jorah, the end all. Is yeah. this, is this grayscale? Is, like, like, I would say I know no. I brought this up before, but like, what is I would that? Say no. What's going on? Um, the only reason I would say it's not grayscale is well, one, okay, this is after dark, so we're just going to get into it. <laughs> the uh, king and queen scene, he did not have any his self covered up, so grayscale is, you know, transferred by touch. Mm -hmm. He was being bathed by um, his servants and then um, his wife, the queen. Mm -hmm. She didn't seem to have any hesitation on, you know, cleaning his wounds. And if you noticed in that scene, his she arm is like actually black. That's true. Um, she... I would imagine it's some Game of Thrones form of leprosy. I know we talked about it before, and yes, I looked it up, and there, there is something it could be that's mentioned in the lore. But again, I think this goes back to Viserys' character. 
Targaryens are not supposed to be, get sick. So I think this is saying something about him and the way he's ruling, not like an actual Targaryen that, you know, he's not a dragon. Well, I, maybe not the way that he's ruling, but it's more about like the fact that he's got, he's not a full blood. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... It's tough because he was he it's interesting because he doesn't have a dragon in the show. They said was right. he was he the last one to ride what is it? Uh Balerian is he the yes. biggest said he was one of the last ones to ride him and then he never got another dragon I guess after that. So that also brings another interesting layer to him that he's a Targaryen and not a dragon rider like an active right. dragon rider. And, and please, you know, anybody listening I may be wrong on this. I probably am, but there is some lore about dragons that a rider can't switch with dragons, but dragons can choose another rider, I mm. think. Or maybe that may be backwards. I don't know. But there's a that's kind of the reason why he doesn't have a dragon is because he lost the first one. And you know, he yep. says it's off somewhere. Uh, because we do see Jon Snow kind of I can't remember if he rides both dragons or not, but there, there's something about the rider can only ride one. Daenerys only rides one dragon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think a dragon can pick a new rider. All right. Brent's got number three. Huh? <laughs> Quite, I'm telling you, there's a ton of them. I so, love it. So timeline wise, right. And I think if I remember correctly and I, I didn't catch it, I didn't rewind it. This is set 150 years. 175, 150 years yeah, prior. Yeah, something like that. I don't remember. It's not. Exactly. It's not like. It's not like many, many, many moons. It's not like thousands of years. Like I think it was reported when it was. It's relatively within two or three generations. So yes. is Rhaenyra, who's the girl that I actually think is probably the best character in the show. Um, she is my favorite character anyway. Is she the bloodline to Daenerys? I sent you that text earlier and you've never answered me back on that one, D-Doc. But is Rhaenyra in the bloodline to Daenerys? I mean, uh, are, you, are you saying it's her direct bloodline? Yeah, because, like I mean, grandma, like great-grandma. Okay, um, don't know. Don't know that one. Uh, Alfie, do you know that one? I'm trying to think and there's... Cause I'd, I'd have to look into it a little bit. The, the family trees exist, but yeah, I also do. like have, I've also been like, you know what? I want to look at them, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, that might screw up some stuff for me this show because I only did half of the fire and blood book. And, you know, I'm like, at this point, there's, there's mystery there for me, which okay. I know Alfie has said that Joffrey, Joffrey has mentioned what happens in this show. Uh, yeah. The book of Alfie does not just exist for Star Wars. It also exists. I in, think it's right. It would be season three. I think. Well, it's got to be because I don't think Joffrey lived past season three. I think yeah. Joffrey was offed in season three with the poison from uh, the Peter Dinklage. Yep. And I mean, as you said, Brent, uh, Rhaenyra is an incredible character so far. I mean, you're rooting for so but far. Also... <laughs> <laughs> but it's also good. It's bothering me because I also didn't know that they were going to change and jump ahead in timeline. So I really like her, and I don't know if I'm going to like Rhaenyra 2, 2.0. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it, 
this is kind of the Game of Thrones storytelling, though. Uh, the the story yeah. is more about their children than it is them. Now we got mm-hmm. this nice five episodes to kind of build a backstory onto why they dislike each other or what the rift is between the two, and you know the the conflict between their children. My absolute so D Doc Dave, you you shared what you thought your favorite scene was, and I think it was in this most recent episode. My favorite scene was the scene with him and her going back and forth in the throne or like in the king's chambers. And basically, I don't know if that's the same scene you were talking about, but like them going back and forth with he's like, fine, I will marry whoever you say to marry, but you are gonna have to take away because he's got eyes on the like he's he's leading you astray like she's she's as tuned into the political game as or more so than what her dad is and so it was just like that was awesome just to see how how tuned in she is but it's also a part of what her job was right like she's the successor to the king but she's also like like the cupbearer in the in the small council. So she is always party to what people are saying in that small council. And yep. she's sitting back in the back watching and understands that people don't always tell the truth. When his dad, his dad even said in that argument, like, I know they don't tell me the truth. I know they all have their own self-interests, but mm-hmm. she has a different perspective of those self-interests being that cupbearer. And then also seeing the outside and having other people share information that they don't necessarily share to the king. So I really like that she was the cupbearer, that she remained the cupbearer, and that that interaction between the two of them in that last episode was just so rich with dialogue yeah. and just like, oh, wow, she's she would be a good queen. She would also yeah. be ruthless, but she I think yeah. she would be a good queen. Yeah, I mean, it goes it goes uh, it goes back to the fact that it's like he he is frustrated with her, but he also knows that the stuff it's almost like he's frustrated with her to the point that he's just like, listen, I know you're right. I know what's going on. You know, like I get it. I, I get where you're coming from. It, it's all right. But like, th- this is what we have to do. And she does, she does start to get on board with it. As we see when she's meeting with um, what's his name, Kristen um, Alfie, do you know his name? Our, uh, our future lover boy, uh, Kristen Cole, Kristen Cole. Sir uh, Kristen Cole. Yes. Sir. When he uh, when he asks her to run away with him and travel the, you know, travel Westeros and see all this stuff. And she's just like, you you think I give this shit away for that? Uh, no, not happening. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> you, you're, you're cool. I like you still. We can still, you know, mess around, whatever. But, you know, I got to I got to uh, marry and and, you know, do what I have to do. I have to succeed the throne. Um, and she also leading into another character. It, it was an excellent scene again with the two of them talking to each other, called out Sir Otto Hightower saying, you know, he's, he's been playing his game with you. He, you, you married his daughter. You, you've, you've had his daughter's kids and now he wants his son on the throne. And he's just like, all right, I'll handle that. You know, he, he, want his, that. he doesn't want his son. He wanted, he wanted the brother. Like I think the maester and the 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 hand, like you said, is the maester out to get him. I think the maester and the hand were trying to get the brother to be the king, because they wanted war. They wanted to be warmongers, um, and they I think they saw that there was there there's good in war. So I think that that like that why maybe why the maester is not 
doing the best to try to cure whatever disease is going on with yeah. uh, the king. Yep. I mean, David, that's poor Viserys. He has multiple thorns in his side. He has Hightower. He's trying to keep Rhaenyra happy and he's being, he's being very loyal to her as his successor. And then he has Damon, who Damon just shows up whenever the hell he wants and does whatever the hell he wants. He's Dude. Matt Smith is playing an excellent character as Damon. Oh you don't know what the hell he's going to do. You know, I mean, what are your thoughts on Damon so far? Well, I really like Damon because especially as, you know, Rhaenyra is, is stuck in the middle between her uncle and her father. And her father, you know, is a Targaryen, but has taken the idea of we should assimilate mm -hmm. to what, you know, the Westeros, you know, customs mm -hmm. where Damon, you know, he's just like fire and brimstone. We're Targaryens. Let's just get on our dragons and we'll burn the shit out of everything. And what, what's ever left, you know, nobody will stand up to us. Yep. So, you know, which way is she going to go? I, you know, is she going to go the Westeros way or is she going to hop on the dragon with him and just cause chaos? So he's creepy as hell. Okay. I'm just going <laughs> to say it. He's creepy as hell because he takes his niece who looks like a child. I mean, she like, she looks like she's 12, takes his niece to a brothel and then kind of has the urge. He, he stops himself, but he's got the urge to get it on with her. Well, they coupled, they, they, they right. were coupling. He showed her what is possible. Right. He like, like, right. We can do whatever we want. Come with me and whatever your heart desires. You, you, you want to go to war? We'll go to war. You want to have kids? You know, fine. You want to, you know, it doesn't matter if you're married or not. You, we're Targaryens. We can do what we want. No one will stop us. So he's creepy as hell. Yes, he is. And then he's scary as hell because in that same episode, is when he goes to the battle and they set up, uh, I think it was the, um, the Valorians. It's the Valorians were setting up the battle plan and like, we'll just feed somebody and like have them come out of their tunnels. And by the way, the guy with all the burns and the, the skull front the skull face on it was creepy as hell crab too. Man. Right. The crab man, he just goes and stands in the middle and he's like, come get me, come get me. And then as they finally start coming, then the, the damn dragon comes out of nowhere and lights them up and he just starts like massacring the crab people like okay you're scary as shit but you're also twisted and weird as hell too yep i mean it shows well, he where was he's willing coming. to fight to the death over a jousting match you know yeah. so Kristen was like please just <laughs> you just yield yeah he was i mean it shows you where his mind's at where the king was like Hey, we're gonna send you help, and he's like, "We're finished. We're finishing this shit now." Right, right because I gotta prove to him I don't need help. I want to make sure that I say that I got this, and you don't. You're not helping me at all. I don't need mm -hmm. your help. I can do this, and this is the way we should rule because I should be king. Yep, and and it goes again to Viserys trying to figure out, like you know, I want to be loyal to my brother, but he's also kind of crazy. So I want to distance myself from him, but I, he's also my brother. So he finally says like, all right, I'll help you out. And his reaction is to beat the crap out of the guy who brought the message and go in single-handedly and cut the guy's torso diagonally in half. Uh, that was his solution to it. And it worked out pretty well. 
And I saw people on Twitter saying like, well, Damon broke the rules of war there because he uh, he surrendered, you know, he surrendered his sword. So that wasn't very honorable. It's like these guys he are has no honor. Yeah, they're poaching. Number one, these guys are poaching off deliveries. They they don't have any honor. What are, what are they trying to do? Are they trying to build some crab kingdom? What the hell are they trying to do? You know, I, and, I mean, at, at what point leading up to that, did you think that he had honor? No, where did yeah. where did like where what made you think that Damon had honor? Yeah. He has no honor. He has one. He has one care, and that's win. Yes. Yeah, that's Alfie his whole persona. Yep. I can. You, I, I don't have to follow the rules. I'm a Targaryen. I have a dragon. I can right. do what I want. Oh. oh. Oh, you 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 like that? I'll just have my dragon flame you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go, go back to the beginning when he stole the egg uh, for what what should have been. Uh, Aegon's, uh, you know, what, you know, his first son's uh, dragon, you know, he went and stole the egg because he said he was having a kid and he he deserved the egg because he's a Targaryen, whatever. I mean, what the hell did Otto Ty- Hightower think he was going to do showing up with like 15 dudes at, uh, you know, Dragonstone and, you know, here comes here comes Damon with his his army and his dragon. Like what, what did Hightower think he was going to do? Rhaenyra saved his ass in that situation. You know, a high tower technically could have died there. I mean, he seems like he a smart guy. Die. Do you think he did? Like that's yeah, what I, I think question he, that decision. Well, no one really wants to die, die, but I think <laughs> he was hoping that some conflict would happen to you know Turn him further that teammate. divide. Yeah. Interesting. To give the king a- more uh, willingness to go after his brother. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody is looking for who's playing the litter, little finger role of this show right now. And I mean, in the last episode, we were introduced to a new little finger. I mean, everybody is uh, everybody was suspicious of Hightower. We're suspicious of Ma- the Maesters because obviously the Maesters are playing dumb. They could probably help the king out and he loses another digit every freaking episode. Um, and now you have this guy. uh who's you know i don't know he's got some type of limp and stuff he's actually um the son of the new hand uh is it thorn or strong it's it's uh laris strong who is the one who told the queen oh yeah uh there was a little uh bottle dropped off i hope i hope uh the princess is okay you know i hope what i didn't hear was right and it's like oh all right so now you're playing the game now, too. So now the new hand of the king, his son is playing the game. Is the new hand of the king loyal now? Or is his son playing his own game because he doesn't like what's going on? I, I think that there's going to come a time real soon when all of these uh, characters are going to regret playing this game. Because, you know, they're, they're used to playing against people from Westeros. And, you know, you, you hate to keep saying it, but uh, they're not flying around on dragons. So, you know, when this series equivalent to the Starks and Lannisters happens, it's going to be very, very bloody. Lots of people are going to die way, you know, a lar- much larger scope than they could have ever predicted. And you can't put that toothpaste back in the tube once you get it started. Question four. Did the Baratheons t- did the Bra- did Robert the Baratheon take the throne from a Targaryen? Yes. 
Okay, from so the Targaryen. Mad King. So from the Mad King, right? Okay. Yes. So, which I think was another Aegon, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Sure, yeah, I get which is confused. why I can't read these books. Which is why I can't read these books. But so if we follow the line, so the Targaryens are still in power. Like, so there's still a Targaryen in power up until the beginning of the Game of Thrones. Yes. Because Baratheon overthrew and then was on the throne, but then he got killed because he was hunting for boar and got and stabbed he at his killed, stomach. He killed Rhaegar Targaryen, which was the king's son, who was married to... Which uh, was really Ned Stark that killed him or somebody, and he took credit for it. Am I correct? Something no. like, like he, uh, he didn't you're, actually... You're, you're, yeah. you're merging stories here. Okay. Robert Baratheon killed Rhaegar Targaryen um, at the Battle of the Trident. Then... Ned Stark continued to look for a sister. Right. And he found her in the tower. In the tower. In Dorne. And Sir Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning, was guarding that tower. I thought Baratheon didn't actually kill uh, the son. And he he took credit for it. He took credit for it. He smashed his breastplate in with his hammer. And in the book, I mean, it's kind of changed in the TV show. Arya and the boy were playing knights next to the river when Joffrey came up and took the sword and all that stuff. In the book, they were, you know, it was an urban legend that you could find the jewels from Rhaegar's armor in the trident because he smashed his armor that hard. See, now... This is what I'm thoroughly enjoying right now is just hearing Alfie drop this stuff <laughs> in a Game of Thrones format. I'm enjoying that. Uh, yeah. But I mean, an- another another wrinkle to all of this that we've already talked about this this whole buildup and just five episodes of a show is Princess Rhaenys, who is the woman who was technically in Rhaenyra's position. Uh, it was the first scene you saw in the show mm-hmm. that the realm, the realm chose Viserys over her to be in charge of the realm. And the way she talks, the actress is excellent in the show because she seems so very nonchalant about sh- how she knows what the hell is going on. It seems like she even knows more than Corliss because she's married to um, Corliss Valerian, who is now joining families to the Targaryens. So the Valerians and the Targaryens are both dragon rider families. They're obviously linking up. They're going to ride dragons together. They already have been in battle with Damon linking up with them. And as we see, Damon, you know, I guess is going to be linking up with one of them uh, as a wife. It looks like, you know, I mean, I don't know if anybody saw. I mean, he killed his wife, right? Like that was his wife. That was like his like ceremonial wife. And he killed her. (laughs) Right. How about that scene? That was pretty rough. I was like, all right. She was like, and she was ready for it. And all he had to do was put his hand out to the damn horse. And the horse got spooked and killed her. He was on some Obi-Wan Kenobi Mm. stuff with the, uh, with the, uh, (laughs) and then she was like, she's like, that's what, that's what I thought you couldn't finish. It's like, Ooh, you just told a man who's nuts that like, come get me. And he picks up a rock. They didn't have to go any further, but (laughs) that's what I thought. You didn't have the balls to finish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. yeah. Don't go. threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Stepping on her arm 
to check oh to my see God. that she was paralyzed. Oh, not just that, because oh it was broken, God. too. Just because you could see that it was, you could see the compound yeah. fracture and it was bent, bent the other way. <laughs> God, he's an evil human being. Yeah. Oh, you can't feel that? I'll just leave you to die. Wolves yep. will get you. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that was... And uh, honestly, if you want to see a different side of Matt Smith, he was just on Jimmy uh, Fallon the other night, which I'm not like a late night show watcher, but YouTube suggested me to watch his interview. Man, he's a funny guy. I know he's in that Doctor Who show, which people are big mm-hmm. fans of. Um, but he was funny as hell on Jimmy uh, Jimmy Fallon because he was cursing like it was a podcast. And eventually Jimmy Fallon was like, you could tell Jimmy was uncomfortable with it because he's dropping F-bombs left and right talking about the show. He started talking to him in freaking uh, High Valyrian and everything. Like he was talking the different language like to him, showing him how he does it. He'd drop an F-bomb here and there. And Jimmy was just like, listen, man, like we, we really can't curse on here like that. This is like a late night show. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, my God. He's like, I've been doing it the whole time. But he's a funny guy. He's worth uh, worth looking into. I'm going to watch more of his stuff because okay. he's an excellent actor. I, I hate to be this guy and bring this up. I know. It's over. It's done with. It's never going to happen. But watching this show and seeing him in this role, I cannot <laughs> Star Wars, Thrawn. But look at it and think, my God, what were we robbed of with him as a young Palpatine? In the oh, Rise of Skywalker. It, was that what yeah. it was? I thought it was Thrawn. Yes. Uh, yeah. He was supposed to play him in that. I've read that freaking article. Yeah. That, yeah. That, yeah, I agree. Wow. I mean, this guy, he's got it all. He, it, I mean, this he's is pretty much a character right, right here. He's the same dude from, he was the same guy from Broadchurch, one of the detectives on Broadchurch. Did you guys watch any of that? Oh, Mm-mm. see, look, I, I watched some Netflix. Like, it, Netflix has some pretty good British shows that show up all the time. That, and if you really want to watch, um, you want to watch talk shows and you want to see people be very good on talk shows, you need to watch Graham Norton because Matt Smith's been, I think, it's the character that I think of, the person yep. I think of. He's been on Graham Norton before. And they're like, American actors go over there because, I mean, they can have a few drinks while they're on it. And it is a very, very entertaining show. So if you yes. can catch any clips of Matt Smith on Graham Norton, I'm sure you're I can only enjoy access them. over so many things. I only have so much time. <laughs> yep. It's so so we have we have Damon, and Damon is uh Damon's playing his games. Obviously, we brought up earlier that he took Rainier to his uh, to the brothel. They they coupled according to rumor going around the red keep. And uh what the hell happened at the end of the last episode when he kind of grips her face up and all hell breaks loose? I I questioned to myself because the king, they, I love that the show almost gave us Viserys's perspective of what was happening. That like crowd started to form a little bit, you know, he's looking over the crowd trying to see what's going on. The last thing we see is Damon gripping the face of Rhaenyra, whether it's to kiss her or who knows what, because she seems like she's about that life. When she was talking to him, you know, we didn't get the same Rhaenyra that was on the boat telling, you know, Sir Kristen Cole, uh, you know, I got to do my duties. I got to be the queen. You know, I'm going to marry. I'm going to have kids. She was just like, she was like, take me to freaking Dragonstone. Let's get married and let's do this shit if you want to do it. Like, 
was she calling his bluff there? You know, like what, what, what do you guys think of that scene? Cause I thought that was a very loaded scene that I think might be talked about later in the show. Or I might be wrong on that. I think, yeah, one, she was calling his bluff, you know, you come here and you, you speak this, you know, and throw all this crap my way about we could be this, we could be that. Let's just do it. Let's, you know, could you actually, you know, betray your brother, the king, the kingdom, the crown, all that stuff. But then again, you know, there's a part of me that looked at that scene and said, well, this is a little bit of foreshadowing. When they come together, it's just going to be absolute chaos and people are going to die. Yeah. I mean, because to, to me, if if you don't think they're going to wind up together at some point watching this show, I mean, they they are going to be together. You think uh, I think you they, think they're going to go Lannister? You think they're going to go full Jamie and Cersei? Absolutely, yes. because they want to keep the bloodline pure. I mean, isn't that the Targaryen tradition? Is that they wanted to keep the bloodline pure and 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 not really let right there? Well, uh, and if there's going to be this war between the Greens and the Blacks. And, you know, the Queen Allison is going to push her children to take over the throne. I think he's going to be the only one that she can fall back onto and have a legitimate shot at challenging her. Yep. Because uh, episode five was called We Light the Way. And uh, she wore that green dress into the wedding. And they say that that green flare for the high towers is basically the signal of war, you know. And how about uh, how about as far as a Damon scene goes when he's sitting at the wedding table, which, number one, it was my favorite part because they're just like, all right, get him a seat. Like the king's like, God, all right, damn it. He's here. All right, let's go. Give him a seat. He's got to be here. I got to act like I'm cool with my bro in front of everything. Yeah, it's going to cause a scene. <laughs> yeah. So then that guy has the balls to walk up to him and be like, you know, that was my, uh, you know, that was my niece or whatever, you know, his ex-wife, you know, you're not going to, I know what the hell you did basically. And he goes, you know, I've been meaning to talk to you about that because she has no heirs. So um, <laughs> I'll be seeing you pretty soon to find out what I've inherited from, from your kingdom. And that guy's just like, okay, I'm going to do the slow, yeah. <laughs> like the family guy, slow walk back to my, I didn't think this all like, the way through. Yeah. <laughs> It just shows that he he takes over scenes, man. He walks in the room. And that's the sign of good writing and just good directing is like we're five episodes into a show and 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 you you feel those vibes of these characters, you know. And I mean Game of Thrones is real world, like not real world, but like it's drama that people like to see. It's mm -hmm. it's it's you know, deception, lies cheating sex all that stuff mixed into one with blood involved battle fighting all that stuff so when when you see the dialogue taking place that you know is going to lead to that kind of stuff it just really makes it exciting even in the smallest moments i mean fifth episode not fifth episode not much action really happened other than uh other than a head uh having a hole in the face of it <laughs> Uh, I don't know what you guys thought about that with Sir I, Kristen. I mean, I think the only real action has been that killing the crab people. There really yeah. hasn't been a lot of action. And I think that's just what the third or fourth episode. And I don't know exactly where it's at, but it was somewhere in there. 
Um, well, that's really the, the major action sequences that I have, that I can pull out from watching the, the series. Mm-hmm. But I am going to say something. It's getting late for this guy right here. So I'll let yeah. you guys finish up. I've enjoyed listening to you guys talk. I appreciate you pepper, letting me pepper you with questions about this. I will continue to watch it. And hopefully we'll do a final wrap-up show when it's over. Does anybody know the, the runtime? So we 10%. got five. So it's 10. So we're halfway through, right? Yeah. This is the... Uh, we're on the 50-yard line of Game of Thrones, and we hit a podcast right at that 50-yard line. I think it yeah, a it's a per- I think it's a perfect time to have that conversation. But I just want to tell you guys peace because I'm uh, I'm just getting late for this guy here, so I'm gonna head out. So right, have guys. a good one. Thank you guys. Yep. And I mean, uh, Alfie, uh, we we can we can pretty much just touch on some small stuff as well here as we're going, and you know, wrap it up too. But um, man, I'm, I I kind of actually lost uh, where I was at there for a second, but. I know that you know what's going on, that there will be this civil war, because I know it myself from stuff I've heard and read from the beginning of it. I mean, there's deception that's going to be happening. The Targaryens, I mean, incest is a thing that happens on Game of Thrones. People think it's like uh, weird. You know, it's funny to me because I've seen some people on Twitter just being like, why are you guys about this? Like with all this incest going on, I'm like, did you not watch the, the entire show of game of Thrones? Like this is the world we're in, you know, that, that kind of stuff goes on in Westeros. Just, just uh, look at Jamie and Cersei, for example. Right. But, you know, yeah. Jamie and Cersei, you, uh, you know, they justified it all by the Targaryen way. Um, yeah. I'm, I think that's a little off putting. I think this, series so far has done a pretty good job on keeping it low key. You know, I, everyone can see the writing on the wall where this thing is going to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just game of Thrones. That's the way it's written. It's the way this family was written. Um, yeah. it leads into, you know, up to the mad King. Uh, you know, it, it explains why Joffrey was the way he was. It, there's nothing in the series that says this is a good, you know, you know, rule to follow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, I I don't know if they ever touched on it in the show, but I know in the books there was a, you know, a saying in Westeros that every time a Targaryen was born, they flipped a coin. Were they going to be normal or were they going to be, you know, an absolute evil mastermind just because of the way that, you know, they followed this bloodline. Yep. And I... And I catch vibes too from from the Valerians that like the way they didn't receive the king in that episode, I kind of feel like they're I kind of feel like they're still a bit slighted by him not accepting their original offer of marriage. Right. I mean, I think the kids are gonna form their own relationships with them because I mean we saw Rhaenyra make her own pact with um the guy that the the valerian she was gonna marry i don't know his first name but you know obviously he had his own thing going on and she has her own thing going on right and they were just like you know we'll have kids together we'll keep we'll this do our going, duty. but but we're gonna have our fun on the side and do whatever the hell we want yeah i mean cersei and, um, explained the same thing in you know the first season of game of thrones <laughs> to joffrey you she said you know you want to fuck painted whores you can do that but every once in a while you got to come back and you know, do your duty and make it, you know, presentable to the kingdom. Exactly. And, uh, and Sir Kristen Cole wasn't down with that. He wasn't uh, down with that at all. 
Yep. And that's, that's where it was like, I was kind of leading to that to kind of like, like semi close it out here is like, what the hell happened that Kristen Cole, was it just the fact that, um, which I think that guy's name was actually Joffrey as well. The guy who, yeah. The guy who came to him and said like, you know, I have my secrets, you have yours, you know, basically like keep your mouth shut and we're both going to enjoy ourselves for like the rest of time, basically. And he's a guy who is kind of stuck on honor and can't get over the fact that he went as far as to break his honor to basically run away with Rhaenyra to her saying, no, that's not going to happen to now. All right, I'm going to be your whore is what he said, you know. I think he just snapped in that moment and said, like, nope, this isn't the life I'm going to live. I mean, he was going to kill himself. Right. He, he pounded that guy's face. In. <laughs> like, it was crazy. Yeah. And it indirectly would have hurt Rhaenyra in the long run because he was taking away, you know, her husband's uh, outlet there. Yep. And I mean, is that is that. What I was wondering is that wedding going to almost be like a Han Solo who shot first situation with with that fight that wound up t- taking place? Because I'm like, did the show not show us what happened? Because Damon kind of disappeared and it, it all happened after Damon started, you know, grip gripping her face, whether to go to kiss her or talk to her. I don't know which one it was. Yeah, it, but... it didn't really give you a clear indication of how it started or anything other than because it seemed like so many people were throwing punches and it was just the chaos. I, I I don't really know. Yeah. It's like the bar fight where that guy just decides to fight someone anyway for the hell of it, just because he was there, you know? So, so we have Kristen Cole going to stab himself because he doesn't want to live like this. He trusts his honor. Allison goes, uh, Hey, hold on a second. Uh, That's all we see for that. So we know Kristen Cole is going to live whether she's going to use him as her spy, which I don't see why he would want to live to be used as her spy to spy right. Rhaenyra, unless he feels totally betrayed by her, unless Allison was able to convince him of that. I, w- I could yeah. see that. Yeah, I mean, so so here we are. We've got Rhaenyra. She's, she's married. After the fight, they said, screw it, let's get this wedding over with. They did that. Damon danced with the Valyrian, who, if you didn't watch the preview i mean we'll see what happens with that for the next week you know but uh we're we're jumping timelines here we're gonna see what these new actresses and actors uh can bring to it we got some sticking around some leaving to the first half people thank you did a hell of a freaking job i think you're you know written in game of thrones legend as far as i'm concerned for those first five episodes i thought it was excellent i thought it was excellent and i not to go on too much longer, but I only have one complaint with the series so far. What do you got? The dagger. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Trying I to knew it when I saw horn it. that son of a bitch into the yep. story again and make it important and try to justify the shit show you made with season eight. That just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that was book canon. I don't know know either, but I I don't know who decided to put that in. Look, I'm going to be honest here. That is an awesome little bit of lore. If it's in the books or something, great. If not, if somebody came up with that, it really is an awesome, like little side story. Hey, our original conqueror, he had another vision that only we passed down king to king. 
you know, and here's this, here's his dagger and it tells the story and blah, blah, blah. That's cool. But I needed this series to be as far removed from Game of Thrones as possible. Yep. And I saw it. I was like, hold on, wait a second. Is that little figure's dagger there? And and like, you know, the the dagger that, you know, Cat Stark stopped from killing Bran and that Arya winds up with and the dagger that kills the White Walker. It's like, hold on a second. They're going to throw that in there. Man, I don't need you trying to say, hey, look, season eight was actually great. Let me show you why. I didn't need that. (laughs) Not one bit. It almost was. It almost was giving me uh, Rise of Skywalker vibes with the uh, with the little exactly. dagger. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, it, it's and and here's the thing that they are like at least making that stuff implied. Like uh, I could talk about Rings of Power. That's a whole another story because apparently they showed a sealed or a sword in the last episode, but it was just sitting in the corner of a room and whatever. I mean. If you uh, if you want to know what good storytelling is, watch House of the Dragon. I know that there has been some callbacks to what happened in season eight of Game of Thrones. There was the talk of the White Walkers and the Long Night and him having that conversation with her in episode one, where they did go over, you know, right. our future. I, I just couldn't get past the hey, here's the story that's been handed down and it's called A Song of Ice and Fire and hey, Samuel Tarley just happened to come up with the, I decided to call this book The Song of Ice and Fire. You know, that, that's too much for me. Too much, That's too far of a stretch. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sam was a pretty smart guy. Maybe he just uh, connected his mind uh, with them on that. Who knows, you know? But I, I think... I think because George is so involved in this show and it seems like they've, they've learned that they should keep him involved because I don't think that he was getting along with the double D's as they were getting towards the end of that series. I don't think they were having the same vision. So I think they decided to say George is going to be fully involved in, in this. He's the one who created the world. He's the one who's one of the best writers. What's up with Georges who write good things, man? If you're, yeah, I might, if I ever have another boy, I'm going to name him George on the off chance that he writes <laughs> some incredible stuff. Jeez. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's good. And I think we're just, I think we're in for a hell of a ride. I don't think we've seen anything so far. I think we've only scratched the surface in these first five episodes. Yeah. And that's what a good show is all about. Yeah. Uh... Let's end it, and I'm going to end it on uh, there is a scene coming up. I don't know if it'll be in this season or the next. I don't, is there even a next season? Yeah, there's uh, apparently, from what I've heard, they have three seasons planned out for this show. Okay. There is one scene from the books that if they do it and do it right, this will be possibly the greatest scene in television history. <laughs> All right. I'm ready for it then. I hope it happens this season, but they're probably not going to do it. No, no, it's got to be a little bit further in the future. But I was thinking about it today and I I saw some articles and some other people talking about it. And I'm just like, man, yeah, you get this right. And there'll be nothing else ever to compare to it. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, they've been pretty smart with their budget on this show. I bet you their highest budget so far has been in the CGI of their dragons. They've had one yeah. battle in the show so far. 
and it hit good when the battle happened because I didn't expect that battle in that episode. No, you, you but, know, I expected it to turn the page and it's like, oh shit, we're going to get a battle here. You know, yeah, Let's the go. dragon flying through the clouds is, yeah, it's, it's just been phenomenal. Yeah. The sound of the dragons approaching when they're flying is something yeah. else. And I love the design of Damon's dragon that it almost has some wings on the back of its legs yeah. too. You know, it's got, it's got that little extra layer to it. It's got a bit of a longer neck. It kind of like has a bit of his personality like in it, you know, and that's, that's the fun part is we're getting to see different Targaryens and different dragon riders and different personality types of their dragons. So we've only seen Rhaenyra's dragon a little bit, you know, we've only seen mm -hmm. her show up on it every now and then. But you know that when she hops on it, it's game on. So that's what's that's what's kind of cool about her is she's very nonchalantly badass in it. And I hope that uh, the next actress, which I forget her name at the moment, I have it in front of me here. I know it was Millie Alcock who played the main character. And then it's um, Emma D'Arcy who is playing uh, Rhaenyra for the rest of the show. So I hope she can just continue what Millie Alcock has built in mm -hmm. this show. Cause I thought that Allison and Millie or Allison and Rhaenyra probably almost even surprised the showrunners of how good of a job they did to set up this story. So Joe, if you're listening to this podcast, just for the fun of it, start watching house of the dragon. <laughs> I know you're probably going to be listening to it. All right. Give it a shot. I don't know if it's your thing, though, because I know Joe said he didn't like the boys that much. So Game of Thrones might not be his thing. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. But all right. Well, this was a fun little episode. Um, yeah, it's a good time. You know, I, I really enjoyed being able to chop it up and talk a little bit about, you know, something outside of the Star Wars universe. We're going to call this um, we're going to call this one Dragons in the Galaxy because we're rule of the galaxy and we're talking dragons. So it's fun stuff so i'll wrap it up here thank you alfie for uh hanging late with me tonight we did a double no episode tonight and uh you know thank you brent for hanging in there as well it was it was it was a really fun discussion i'm excited to see what we have coming up in house of the dragon here and we'll see when we do another episode when it works for us we'll we'll pull another one off it might be a three episode review might be a two episode review i'm not sure but i mean we've talked about this with joe you know, we, we're all watching these other things, whether it's Marvel, uh, House of the Dragon, Rings of Power. You know, we might throw some of these episodes out here every now and then where we're going to talk about these shows because we enjoy them. So we appreciate you guys listening uh, for the first episode of Dragons in the Galaxy. This is Dave and Alfie saying, may the force be with you.